Well, we're so excited about uh, being able to gather this morning in spite of the fogginess, and we're excited that you're here with us. More than that, we're excited about the presence of God in our lives and what God has been doing in the last couple weeks. And uh, I had a whole series that I was getting ready to launch, and then uh, Jim preached, and then Marnie preached, and so then I was really getting ready, and then after last Sunday, God's like, nah, it's got something different for you. So... So that that one's just kind of sitting in the hopper, and we and we're gonna. We're, I don't know if this is a day or a series. I don't know what this is, but we're gonna talk about being distinguished people. You guys ever? Um, you guys ever have a group of people? Maybe when you're younger, maybe when you're older, maybe at the office, you know, at work, maybe it's at church, and you're like, "Hey, oh, where's so and so?" And and kind of that's that's kind of the buzz in the whole room all the time because whenever so and so is there, like the whole thing changes. It's always it's a lot more fun, or it could it could could be the other way, where nine out of ten people go, I hope so and so is not there, because whenever they're there, it kind of goes the other way, goes south. Things just don't like one person can change the entire atmosphere. You guys ever uh, you know I don't really follow sports at all, but. I, I just I know this because I, I read about sports. Well, I read leadership books, and sometimes they talk about sports. <laughs> That's about as close as I get, either that or watching the Vikings with Jim. And uh, there's just no hope. There's no good sir. There's no good. We don't we don't we don't believe in purgatory here. So I don't know that we can really uh, that'd be the closest that I could get with the Vikings. But. Um, I've heard said, I've heard said that there's certain players. When you get a certain player on the team, they 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 are at such a level that the entire rest of the team plays differently. Or they're so toxic that the rest of the team plays differently. That one person can affect a group of people in such a way. And I think we all know that to be true, don't we, right? Family gatherings, you're always super excited when, when Uncle Charlie comes and you're a little more leery when Uncle Frank comes. You know, I don't know what I'm saying. But just, it can change the entire atmosphere. That's what I'm trying to say. More than, more than the sum of its parts. Like, it, like one person shouldn't affect, because if there's already 8 or 10 or 15 or 30 people there, I know from driving bus, one kid makes a difference out of 50. And it's really true. I'm sure that's not the case in classrooms. I'm sure they're all angels all the time, and that's, that's, that's fine. But I know on the bus, when your back is turned to them, one kid can, like, if one kid is off sometimes, sometimes the rest of the 49 of them, it's all different. And sometimes if the right one is on, everyone's great. So one person can change an atmosphere. And, it, and, it, and you're like, but that's only like, say in, the, say in the instance of a bus, that's 1 50th. That's 2%, if you're good at math, which I'm not, but <laughs> I figured that out in my head just right now. That's 2%. 2% of, of the population on that bus or in that classroom or at your family gathering, it can change it that much. But what about... What about the other 98%? But 
But sometimes we know that that 2% can make a huge difference. Are, are you with, I know we're a little vague, but are you, I mean, are you following along that one person can really change the atmosphere for the good or for the bad? And it makes sometimes, sometimes, and I think a lot of you could come up with a scenario in your head where you say sometimes it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Like whether we're going to do this or whether we're not. Well, if so-and-so's not going not to be there, then I don't think we're even going to do it because they make such a difference in how this thing flows. And so I was just thinking about that, and I was thinking about if that's true with people, come on, church, if that's true with people, how much more so with God? If the presence or absence of one person can make such a dynamic difference in our life on a physical, on a human level, how much more difference the presence of God in our lives can make a difference, make it a break, change the whole atmosphere. Some of this is going to be like my normal message. I got slides and whatever, and some of this is just God stirring in my heart, and I don't know, it might not come out as refined as some of you are like, Pastor, I've never seen refined. It's been years. I don't even know what that word means in you. But it's less, less uh, premeditated. But I just wanted to, to talk about God's presence. Marnie and I, we've been, uh, I've been a Christian for like 32 years now. And I've been in ministry almost, almost all of that time. Marnie and I know a couple things. And the more we know, the more we find out we don't know. Right? Because you don't know what you don't know until you find out that you didn't know it. Ignorance is bliss, truly. Some of you are mass. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just joking. Just trying to lighten the mood. But uh, one thing that we do know, one, one thing that she would say, like just instantly, you've heard us say it before, but, it, but if, if Jesus isn't in it, if the Holy Spirit isn't breathing on it, I don't want to do it. Like, and, and, but that's coupled with our other... The, my Marnie and I, our family, Marnie and I personally, our, one of our top priorities and values in life is faithfulness. That's a, it's just personally for us. That, that is a high value for us. So we couple faithfulness because <laughs> otherwise we'd be like, well, I don't know if I feel Jesus in this or not, so I'm not going to do it. Well, our faithfulness kicks in and you're like, you're going to do it anyways because we're going to stay faithful. So that's good. So that keeps us doing what we're supposed to be doing. But have I, if I have a choice... If God's going to be breathing on something and show up in the middle of it, I like that. But I've also led worship and done youth events and been back in the youth room where God's just, and, and I don't mean it. So some of this, we're going we're gonna to maybe iron out some of the theological stuff. Some of it is just going to leave you hanging on. You're like, well, what do you mean? Isn't God, uh, I, don't, I don't know. All, all I know is some very tangible, that's what I'm saying. I don't have this all worked out. I do know what I know, though. I don't know what I don't know, but I do know what I do know. And what I do know is I don't want to do it without Jesus. I do know that I can do stuff without him. I do know that I can preach without his, his anointing and his filling. I do know that I can lead youth group and lead adults and lead Bible study. I do know that I can lead worship without the presence of Jesus. I do know it makes me want to throw up. I don't like it. You don't like it. Nobody else likes it. The devil likes it. But that's about it. Like, if I don't have... The, the breath of God, like helping what I'm doing, it's just what I'm doing. And there's been times where Marnie and I have gotten done, and we're like, yeah, gross. And just the number of times we're never doing that again, as a, as a minister, a leader of any kind, if you've ever been a leader of anything, 
you quit more than you start. You're just a humpkin. That's it. We're not, we're not ever doing that again. The number of times we walked away from a Sunday, we're like, yeah, I don't even know if we're going back next Sunday from here. <laughs> it can be scary sometimes. And just when, what, when we say we're serious, when we're like, it's got to be God. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't care what I have to change or what we have to do different or what we have to give up or take on or whatever. I just want God in the middle of it. So that's my premise this morning. I'm not giving you a lot to go on with that. I'm just saying this is my experiential walking with Jesus and leading people that if, like, I can do a lot of stuff. Marnie can do a lot of stuff, and a lot of it you don't want. I don't want, you don't want, nobody wants without the, the breath of God, the presence of God on it. So that's kind of how we're starting today. We're going to read about, uh, we're going to talk about being a distinguished people. And read it in, in uh, Exodus here, and we're going to talk about Moses. Now, this is uh, kind of as they're walking through the, the wilderness there. Now, Moses, in Exodus 33, we're going to start in verse 7 and read a few screens of Old Testament verses here. Now, Moses, he used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. Do you see what's happening there? Moses would go out to the tent. What everybody else do? Came out of their tent and they stood up, right? They're watching Moses go meet with the Lord. Something, something cool is going on. Right? God's coming down and meeting with Moses. We read over this stuff and we're like, okay, yeah, Moses did. Like, wait a minute. Put yourself in the camp here. Put yourself in Israel's place. Moses is going, hey, tell your brother. Hey, wake him up. Time to get up. Moses is going to the tent. Hey, Johnny. Yeah. Moses is going to the tent. Okay. Right? So you hear the murmur going through the camp that Moses is going to the tent. Everyone comes out of their tent. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose, stood at the entrances to their tents. Like, oh, I want to see what happens here today. Until he entered the tent. Verse 9 says, as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. God in those days was a, a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud, a pillar of, fire, pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by the day. They could physically see the manifested presence of God come down to the tent. And they're like, oh, come on, he's just about over there. We don't want to miss the cloud coming down. And they'd get out and they'd stand at the tent and they'd watch the cloud descend. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and they worshipped. Some versions say they stood up and bowed down, each at the entrance to their tent. They're like, whoa, Moses is meeting with God. Wow. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Next verse, verse 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. That verse has always stuck with me. Mike, Moses is leading. He's doing his thing. But Joshua's like, I ain't leaving here. And the off chance that the cloud's going to come. Like, if, if the cloud's coming here, here is where you'll find me. 
I want to be where the presence of Jesus is. And I've had that hunger in my heart uh, ever since I've walked with Jesus. I remember just, uh, I remember sitting in, in front of church and rocking out with like Petra praise, you know, like just rock and praise music. And I just remember the presence of God filling my car, that old Delta 88, no shocks left on that thing. Just, be like, hallelujah. I just, I just remember just worshiping God with screaming guitars. And I'm like, and, and, and just the, the glory of God filling that 1979 Delta 88 Oldsmobile. And just going, God, I don't ever want to leave this presence. I don't, wanna, I don't, ever, I don't ever want to not be without this. And, uh, and that passion captured my heart. But, it's, but I feel like that passion to like Joshua to never leave that tent is the undoing of a, a, a state of heart that I was in I remember I remember standing at a urinal see there that's how the story starts <laughs> in a bar drunk and I remember and I remember the words I remember staring at the wall because that's all you do when you're at the urinal right and I remember saying this is the epitome of life. I don't ever want to leave this moment. And I remember when God finally got a hold of my heart and I saw how depraved I was and how lost I was and how broken I was, how in need of a healer and a savior I was. And I walked away from that life and I lost all of my friends. I lost all of the people that I did anything with. I didn't remember those days. I had my mom and dad, which was awesome. But I just, I just know that the presence of the Lord, I just remember sitting in, that, in my car in front of the church before I went in, rocking out to Petra Praise, going, I don't ever want this moment to end because this is real life. The other stuff is an illusion, and it's a deception, and it's a facsimile. This is real life. And I just think, I just, I've never thought about that. I, you, guys are, you guys are witnessing it unfold right now. Like, I'd never connected those two moments in my life before. And I just, as I was putting this together, I was thinking about that moment in my car going, and I was just, just brand new Jesus follower, but the presence of God was so strong. I'm like, God, I don't ever want to not be in your presence. This is what I'm born for. And so right about right here, I was prophesied over that I was a Joshua by Yvonne Gerhardt about 27 years ago. I remember it like it was yesterday. And you're a Joshua. I said, yeah. I don't want to leave the tent, man. I don't want to leave the tent. I want to be in the presence of God. So let's find out what else. Joshua didn't leave. Verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know with whom you will send with me, whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. So he goes on, Moses says, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways. 
so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. So he's making his plea before God, and he goes on to say this. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And then Moses, who's already in too deep, he's like, there's no backing out now. He's like, I'm going for it. I'm going to go for it all then. Lord, show me your glory. And that's where we're going to stop on that verse. But I want to back up just a little bit. Look at this. Moses said to him, if your presence, your presence, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. And I, this line struck me as I was just preparing this. That's, that's what, this is actually what the Lord spoke to me about being distinguished people. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? The presence of Jesus is what is supposed to distinguish us from the rest of the world. And everything else that is godly in our life flows out of that presence of Jesus. But it's the presence of God upon our life. You see, in the beginning, God dwelt with Adam and Eve in the garden. He walked with them. His presence was right there. Then they sinned. That was removed. And then God says earlier in Exodus, he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to be their God and they're going to be my people and I'm going to dwell. Say dwell. I'm going to dwell with them. And then Jesus comes and they prophesy about him and he, they say that he's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. It's all about the presence of Jesus. Our life is meant to host the presence of God. Don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Don't you know that you corporately are the temple of the Holy Spirit? It says both of those. Because God wants to be with you, and we desperately need him to be with us. What will distinguish me? What sets you apart? What, what makes you distinctive? What distinguishes you? Well, I got a 2023 Ford. No. Well, I'm pretty smart. No. Well, I'm really good. No. It's the presence of Jesus. As a Christ follower, well, I know some of the Bible. Good. I think you should know more of it. Well, I, like to re I really like to sing songs. Great. I do too. But what distinguishes you? It's the presence of God. It's the, if one person can change the whole atmosphere of a room out of a whole bus full of kids or classroom, how much more the presence of Jesus? That's what I'm saying. So some other versions of this, this distinguish here, that verse. I and your people will be distinguished by this from all other people on the face of the earth. Another one says, is, not your, is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? Distinct, unique. And the last one says, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. Not because we're better, not because we're smarter, not because we're faster, not because we smell good. It's because Jesus is with us. It's because the presence of God is in our lives. Because God's with us. That's what makes us unique and different. It's all God. So that word for distinct, distinguished, that word is pa-la, pa-la. It means to distinguish, literally or figuratively. Put a difference. 
to show, I love this, to show marvelous. The presence of God will show us marvelous from other people. Not because we're marvelous people, but because we carry the presence of God. We'll be separate, set apart, severed from the world, and I love that last one, to make wonderfully. The presence of God will make you wonderful. <laughs> That's just the story for today. You are already wonderful in God's eyes, but the presence of Jesus will make you wonderfuler. <laughs> it's a true story. That's what the word means, to make wonderful, to, to, to distinguish. That God's presence will distinguish you. It will make you distinct. It will set you apart. It will make you wonderfuler. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that your presence makes me wonderfuler. Because <laughs> it's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. It's not how much we know. That's part of discipleship, absolutely. We're all for that. We're all for that. That's why I'm preaching to you, right? We're about learning. We're about growing, right? It's not, not just how much you've grown. It's not just how much you know. It's not how many Bible verses, they, not how often you come to church. We love all that. Do, do more of that. But it's about the presence of Jesus. It's about his presence. So let's talk about that. So I got a question for you then. Wait a minute. Hold on, Pastor. I know a little something. I know a lot of somethings. Isn't, uh, isn't God everywhere? So you're talking about the presence of God. Isn't he everywhere, though? Yeah, he is. Tell your neighbor, yep. <laughs> Psalm 139 says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will be not dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Let's look at another one. Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24 says, Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth, says the Lord? So we're talking about the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere. So, but wait a minute. I thought that if God's everywhere, then how does his presence make us a distinct? I don't even, what are you saying, Pastor? I don't get it. It's because there's two kinds of presences. There's the omnipresence of God. Say omnipresence. Yeah, that's a mouthful, yep. Omniscience, all-knowing you know, all, all -knowing of God. Uh, omnipotent, the all-power of God. Omnipresent, the all-everywhere of God. He's everywhere. So we're going to talk about the difference between the omnipresence and the manifest presence of God. The omnipresence is one of the incommunicable attributes of God. <laughs> so there's uh, communicable attributes, which is like love and peace. Those are able to be transferred and conferred upon us. There's the incommunicable. They cannot be transferred. The everywhereness of God, I can't, like, God can't be like, all right, Larry, you're going to be everywhere now. He would just be a smattering of atoms across the universe, right? He's, Larry has to be gathered, and he needs a Debbie to gather him up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? So we can, God is love to us, we can love one another, but God is omnipresent. That's incommunicable. We can't be everywhere at the same time. So that's, Shauna was teaching that earlier last week or whatever, so I just thought I'd throw that in there. But that's the two different things. So we're talking about the manifest presence of God, something that is distinctly different than God's everywhere. 
okay? Because that some people struggle with when you when us, you know, flaky charismatics, you know, when we start talking about the presence of God was so strong there or whatever, they're like they whip, whip out their Bibles and they stop pulling these verses out. Uh, listen, their brother. God's everywhere, so I don't really know what you're talking about. And I just, we're, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about this, but look at this verse. Luke 5, 17 says this. Now it happened on a certain day. What kind of day? A certain day. So a very specific day. As he was teaching there, so a very specific event was happening. Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting where? By. Sitting by Jesus. They're in a specific location, right? Who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judah and Jerusalem. And listen to this. Listen to this. Jesus is the one that's talking here. You know, he, he was teaching. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Well, wait a minute. I thought God was everywhere. But there was a specific time on a specific day in a specific place that the Bible says the power of God showed up in that moment for Jesus to be able to do the work of God. Well, I thought he was God. Yeah, you're really throwing, well, there's monkey ranch on top of monkey ranch here because Jesus already was God. But there's this unique manifestation of the presence of God. All right, are you with me or are you just way confused? So God is everywhere, yes or no? But sometimes God shows up in a unique way in a place or a time, yes or no? Yes, good. You got them all right. You all got 100%. Give yourself a thumbs up. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. That's what, that's what I'm saying when, when, I'm, when I'm talking about if I teach or if I lead worship or if I, do, if I mow the lawn. Well, Marnie mows the lawn, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking here. If I do something, I want the presence of God. And that's, not, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the, yes, God's everywhere. I know that. I'm talking about God's breathing on this moment and helping me and anointing this and walking with me, guiding my steps. Okay? I want to read a, a couple things. Um, it was just, like I said, floundering a little bit today because this stuff is just stirring in my heart. And I just, want, I just want to be just real with you guys this morning. Last Sunday was powerful. And it's okay if you, like, I, like, I appreciate you going, uh, like, I like that. But that's not what, I'm not even looking for that. I'm just saying, last Sunday was, did something happen here last Sunday? God showed up in a way, and I, I'm coming off this big spiritual attack. And so I was barely even able to keep my head above water up until Saturday-ish and then Sunday. Sunday, I walked out of the house, and I'm like, whoa. The sky is brighter. The trees are treer. Like, what, you know, like this, wow, God is good. Life is great, right? It's just all of a sudden the air was fresher. And I mean, I showed up to church here and I watched the sunrise out of that window right there. I was walking through these chairs. I was praying for you guys. And as I watched the sun come up, I just was talking with the Lord. And I said, God, that's. You are declaring your faithful in that sun, right? Because from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, right? God declares. That's, that's part of the ways that he'll stop being God when the sun ceases to rise and set, right? That's, that's in the scriptures. And I'm like, you're declaring your faithfulness over, over us right now in, in this sunrise. I'm like, thank you, God. And right then, I had this whole prophetic word for someone in the church. 
God sees their situation, and He's gonna He's gonna shine out His faithfulness in your like texting. <laughs> so I'm text like that's how the morning started, and I had no idea what that it was gonna keep going like that. And God just kept speaking. He kept speaking, and and it, His presence just kept filling the place, and the power of God just kept doing things, and uh, I just remember going, "Whoa, this is intense." So then I was just trying to keep my heart in the right place and just respond. And uh, Marnie just spoke an, under the power of God so beautifully. And it was one after another, after another, after another, after church of people telling us, texting us, telling us, emailing us, calling us, speaking in person to us about how God had showed up in their life last Sunday. Just powerful things. I'm like, whoa, God, you really did something. And so there was just someone, someone, I was talking with someone, they're like, they said, they said, I drove into church and I, listen to this, I drove into church and I got out of the car and when I got out of the car, I went, whoa, God's here. And this is someone who wouldn't, wouldn't normally just, that, you're not just waiting every week to see if they're going to be like, oh, God's here, like, that, that's, that's not, like, they wouldn't say that. And they said, it was so powerful and I got out of the car, and I'm like, God is here. The presence of God is, this is going to be a good day. God's already here. Pastor, I thought God's everywhere. Don't make me go over that again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes, he's already there. Yes, the Holy Spirit lives in heart. But there's these times where God shows up in a, uh, in a realer way. You ever been with someone in the room, and they're there, and you've even had conversations with them, but you're like, we, I don't know. They're not really here. You know or then there's other times where everyone remembers them being there. Like, it, they're just larger than life. Conversations are just incredible. And that's how it is with God. Sometimes he just, he just, just presents himself in a way that is undeniable. And so that's what was happening last Sunday. And so I want to just share a couple other things here. Um, this is from... Todd Smith's book, uh, they, they've had a, a visitation of God just north of Atlanta in a little town in Georgia, and uh, they started just with a baptism, and that's how God, like, God moves differently in so many different ways in so many different places. There's his baptisms. They did a bunch of baptisms because people were getting saved, and all of a sudden, people, as they got baptized, people started getting healed, demons were coming out of people, I mean, just like, whoa, and so they, they've been doing baptisms for a couple years now, just every Sunday. They do it, I think, on their Sunday night service. And hundreds of people come from all over the country. And God just shows up. Why baptisms? Why there and not somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know all the answers to that. I just know I want to be there. I want to be a Joshua. I want to be like, I want to be a distinguished person. I want the presence of Jesus to be on my life, to separate me from the rest of the world, because I know I don't have it in me. I know what I've got to offer you, you don't want. So the best that I can hope for is to be a dumb bucket. And carry the presence of Jesus to your life. So you got hope. You can be a dumb bucket too. I'm just a dumb bucket. I'm just a container. And that's not to put me down. It's just to be honest and say, yeah, I am absolutely. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know all that. But I know at the end of the day, without the presence of Jesus, you don't want what I've got. And so Todd Smith in his book says, in the midst of the Welsh revival, which began in 1904, it was reported that men would avoid going to their homes and make their way to local bars to drink because they knew the presence of God was in their homes due to praying wives. 
specific time in a specific place in a specific manifestation, God would show up. During this revival, God would show up in ways that were unprecedented. And he goes on to say this, however, the Lord graciously met them in the bars. It was reported by many that as the men would lift their glasses to their lips, an unseen hand would stop them from drinking. And they knew it was God's hand, and they would quickly run to their homes and repent before the Lord, and they were saved. There's thousands of these stories about a specific time and a specific place where God shows up. And we won't get into it today, but the beauty of this is, is we have something to say about that. We can invite the presence of the Lord into our lives in, in greater ways than what we've seen. Next slide. I've shared this story. I have never had a slide with it before. So many of you have heard this story multiple times. Some of you have not heard this story once. And some of you have heard this story lots and don't remember any of it. So I'm going to tell you the story again. This story happened about uh, probably 26 years ago or something like that. It was a while ago. Well, no. Marnie and I were married, so it was, it was for sure 20 years ago, though. It was over 20 years. It's a couple decades ago. Let's just leave it at that. And we were doing youth group, and we had two girls in the youth group. So some of you were like, oh, yeah, I know this story. The rest of you, stay tuned. It gets good. We had a couple girls in youth group. And, uh, and individually, they, they were pretty decent girls. One had, came from a pretty Christian home, one didn't and was pretty gangster. <laughs> and those two girls decided, I hate you. Well, yeah, well, I hate you. Well, yeah, well, I hate you worse. Well, I hate you worse. And uh, neither one were going to back down. And this had gone on for weeks. And uh, the one kind of gangster girl, I mean, like, it, yeah, things could have gotten ugly and bloody. Like, that's a funny cartoon, but it wasn't funny in real life. We had met with them, we had pleaded with them, we had prayed with them, we had talked with them. And so next on our list, I think we had talked, I don't remember for sure, because if you recall, it was a couple decades ago, but I do know that it was messing up the whole youth group. I do know that we were at our wits end. I do know that any second you're wondering, ooh, I wonder if they're both going to be there tonight. This could go south. And they're polarizing people. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, it's nasty. And we're thinking at any moment, like literal fist fight. I don't mean like, I mean, they, they, they both could bring it. I'm like, okay, this is like losing teeth kind of a, like this is going to be, that's, that's not what you want in church. How was church today? Well, so-and-so lost a couple teeth. You know, that's, that's not like your praise report of the week. And so Marty and I, the, the next thing on the docket was getting both sets of parents. And we were going to have to sit down at a table and... I knew that was going to be explosive, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, we need help. And we had prayed, and we had prayed, and we had prayed, and we had prayed. And uh, we did a youth conference, or a youth night, a worship night. And Stephen came with his band, Downpour. Stephen and Tricia were in the band. They were dating. They weren't married yet. Um, and they had a youth band up in Fargo. And so they were the, the youth band for, for that night. And so we had the lights down low, you know, whatever, and kids are worshiping, and Marnie and I are like, like we're worshiping the Lord, but we kind of got one eye open to see who's going to punch who. 
You know, they're on opposite sides of the church. Like they won't like it's it was bad. I'm not hyping this up. It was it was really bad. It was that bad. And I'm like, I can't focus. How are we gonna get through this? I hope nobody dies. I hope I still have a job, right? It's just it's kind of intense. And as they're worshiping, I don't know how far in, but a, a little ways into the night, and we had a long worship set. And uh, I'm standing out here somewhere, and Marnie's out somewhere, and we're both trying to keep tackle people as if no one gets beat up or whatever. And I remember, I just, I remember going, "Whoa, God is in this place." I remember the presence of Jesus filling this place. The glory of the Lord showed up. Kids are weeping. My own heart is being softened. I'm like, wow, God, you are really here. Oh, this is so awesome. Thank you for showing up. And they're they're singing. People are worshiping. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see movement. And there goes one girl across the church. And I'm like, oh, what have we got going on here? And I see the other girl stand up. I'm like, oh, no. And... Pretty soon they stand toe-to-toe, and have right, right where Dave is sitting there. And I'm like, oh, man, what's going to happen? And all of a sudden they hug. And Jesus melts away every last bit of unforgiveness and resentment. I don't even know. I don't even remember what started it, but it had built up to so much. That I'm like, nothing, what, what can unravel this? I don't even know what can unravel this anymore. And you guys, everything that you see from me today is a direct result of that moment. I can trace a lot of that back to one moment. It marked me. I'm not satisfied for just doing church. And it's way easier just to do church. But it's not very tasteful. I don't like it. I need Jesus. I need the presence of God. So that's why I say the things that I say. That's why I'm passionate about the presence of God. Because one moment and then about 500 after that marked me for the presence. I could just go through a list of moments that marked me in his presence. That I'm never the same from this moment on. I won't go on anymore, but I want to. But do you guys remember Asbury last, last year? Asbury College? down in Kentucky, they had a a spontaneous, and I say spontaneous in the fact that nobody knew it was coming, yet these always are sparked by prayer. Like, they're always birthed. So I know people were praying, whatever. But uh, there was this revival. lasted about 16 days. And uh, we were so close. Marty and I just about zipped down there. We didn't know how long it was going to last. And... uh, we were going to wait till the next weekend and go, oh, like, we just about went. And then we're like, well, let's wait until next weekend. And by then it was kind of done. And I'm like, ah, oh. this Charity Johnson, she was a student or is a student there. She said, his spirit changed the atmosphere and it went beyond Hughes. The most precious moments I had involved meaningful conversations in the dining hall and meeting new people throughout the city who had a hunger for God. Jesus is truly amazing. And I'm so grateful that I had a chance had the chance to encounter his presence in such a tangible way on this campus before I graduate. If your presence does not go with us, Moses said, don't send us up because what else will distinguish us? It's the presence of God that's meant to be the the mark on our life that changes everything. It's not the only thing, but it's the main thing. It's the thing that everything else flows from. 
Like, like we need discipleship. We need, we need to memorize scripture. We need to love our neighbor, right? We need to, to have soft hearts. We need to, we need to do all the stuff. We need to be generous. We need to, all the things. We need to forgive. We need to walk in, in holiness. But all of that flows out of us being in his presence, being in the presence of God. Last slide. This is from Mark Castro. Uh, carriers of his presence. He says this, as the body of Christ, we are now the ambassadors who are to represent the kingdom of God to the world. We are image bearers, kings and priests of God, carriers of his presence, standing before a culture desperate for his presence, for true identity and for purpose. If we fail to acknowledge his presence, we lose our most valuable possession that makes cultural transformation possible. We've got to be carriers of God's presence. It's got to be more about more than just coming to church. Please come to church. But it's about more than that. It's about more than reading a Bible. Please read your Bible. It's about more than just singing songs. Please sing songs. But it's about God filling that moment with his presence. And you know what his presence is? It's him. It's about Jesus. It's about just being close to Jesus and letting him flex his muscles, letting him show his face in the place and time and space that we're at. But it starts with being in the presence of Jesus. And so often we try to maintain our anointing, and we haven't been really seeking him, because his presence is him. It's Jesus. It's not a thing. And I, and I would probably even be guilty of saying things like that. The presence of God, like, like it's a thing. It's a him. It's, it's God. It's God showing up and doing what he does in a moment carved out in space and time and history and, and location. God's doing something. So I know we didn't answer a lot of questions. I just wanted you to see my passion for that today and, and hear that we're called to be distinguished. Say distinguished. You are distinguished people. Oh, Father, I just pray for these distinguished people. Help us to be carriers of the presence of God. We pray for the presence of God in this church. We pray for it in our homes. I pray for the presence of God to be manifest in our vehicles, at our workplaces, in our gatherings. We pray that you would be the center of our lives and of our hearts. We love you so much. Pray for a blessing on these people today as we go forth. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen.